with Katie Cut. She is, I just say that right, Cut, right? We just talked about yes. this. Okay. <laughs> she is an artist. Her Instagram is Pyramid and Rainbows. She also has a website, pyramidandrainbows.com. And this is, I've never done an episode like this before. So thank you for being my guinea pig. But what happened was, um, Katie, you had reached out to me and you were asking kind of just like if I would do an episode on solar plexus work, essentially, you know, like different rituals you could do. And there was a little bit of a nuance Mm -hmm. around like the world is opening up. And so I just thought, why not bring you on and you can ask me all of the questions that you want and we can just kind of get to like get into it so thank you welcome to the glitter cast thank you thank you it's an honor to be on i'm a big fan of the show and your other shows in the past thank you so much i appreciate that i'm excited to be able to connect with you so i feel like we you know i feel like we should get into it and then maybe we'll um talk a little bit about your art and the things that you do. But I was curious, sort of like from your disposition, like what was, what were some of the things that you're wanting to know more about? Like, what was it that kind of like inspired you to reach out in the first place? Um, well, this last year, obviously we've all been like at home and, um, I think it was just jarring to start coming to just come out into the world again. Um, and, um, now actually things are kind of closing up again a little bit here in new Orleans where I'm at. But, um, in the last couple of months, people have been, you know, meeting again, like people I haven't seen in like a year and a half. And it's just been like a lot of us are just experiencing some social anxiety and, just kind of, um, it's just jarring. Um, I know for me personally, like I had a lot of time alone. Um, I live with my partner, so it was the two of us, Right. but, um, we, um, didn't see much of others. And, um, yeah, I feel like I went through like a big transformation personally. Um, and I think a lot of others have as well. Right. So um, there's kind of that added element to it as far as like there's the social anxiety because we haven't seen each other. But also um, I kind of became someone new in a way. And so it feels and it's kind of obvious, like I've kind of changed the way I look. And um, and I'm also kind of trying to change my approach to engaging with the world. Like I've I'm a Pisces. I'm very like introverted in a lot of ways. Um, but in some, in some ways I like that. And in some ways it's like, I'd like to challenge that introversion. And I think some of the introversion is from fear. And so I don't want to live that way. And so I'm challenging myself to like go out to things that I enjoy and not be afraid about, um, I don't know, like other people's thoughts about me or um if I look stupid or if people don't like me or Mm -hmm. you know these kinds of things um and so yeah that's kind of what I've been working with and it's so far it's been pretty good um for the most part coming out again um into the world so it's been a pretty positive experience so far um it was definitely hard at first so yeah I feel like I was I went to a do you know Karen Rontowski is Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
So me and my friend Melissa went to one of her comedy shows the other week and it was the first time I was like mm. in a crowd with like no one had masks on because they were serving food. And I was like, mm-hmm. we were both fully vaccinated, but I was just like, this feels so weird. Like it's so surreal. Yeah. And I feel like for you and for anyone who is a Pisces or has strong Pisces placements, like when you go out, I don't like Pisces are empaths that tap into the collective. And so mm-hmm. when we're looking at like a set, like a cancer versus a Pisces, like a Pisces the is the sign that feels like what's going on with the person across the room versus like what's going on with the person sitting right next to them. So like you tap into the collective. So what's interesting about that is I feel like, you know, you might not even be dealing with your own social anxiety or sensitivities. Mm-hmm. It's like magnified because you're feeling yours plus hers and his and hers and like, you know, whoever else is there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I've, I've been trying to get a little bit better at trying to decipher like what is yours, what is mine, yes. what's ours together and like get kind of untangled um, a little bit. How do you typically go about doing that? I'm curious. Yeah. Well, I've been working on um, grounding um, and um, just basic energy work of like, pulling um like light uh from above down through the body and through the chakras and down into the earth and grounding down um and then pushing it back up and down so i've done that for a long time but specifically now i think what i've been working with is grounding down and then really intentionally pulling up from the earth and like from the core of the earth and bringing it to my heart yeah. And there's a sense of like, um, almost like a mother love when I do Aww. that, um, that keeps me kind of, um, sort of just in my own energy in a way or grounded. So if I feel some sort of like, uh, like uncomfortable emotion while out, I just kind of intentionally do that energy and bring myself back to myself, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. Do you typically, like, I feel like when we're looking at, like, psychic points in the body, like, some people tap in through their stomach, which is the solar plexus. Some people feel it in their heart. Some people will feel it in their crown chakra or, like, all of the above. Do you have a specific place where you feel like you're feeling the energy of other people? Um, You know, I don't have that sense exactly in me I mean to you know and I do think that a lot of it is just being a Pisces and being empathic but I do think a lot of it is also um from my own like wounding and um uh, fear of judgment of others and so it's like I'm picking up on these like micro things that right mm, Uh, I do think is triggering like these old wounds that I'm like working through. Um, So yeah, it's, that's a little bit sticky too, to understand like, is this um, from like just being an empathic Pisces and I'm picking up on the collective 
or am I also just being triggered into my own wounding kind of thing? Yeah, totally. And I mean, sometimes it's just like, you don't ever know, you know what I mean? Like you can can theorize, but especially like, and I think when it comes to like, like fears of being judged as well, like some of that, Mm -hmm. like some of that, it's so hard to know, like, am I, am I projecting this or am I actually being judged? Am I afraid Mm -hmm. of being judged or am I actually being judged? And Mm -hmm. I feel like for me, I just try not to ever judge people because it makes me feel like I'm less receptive of when I'm being judged. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. The evil eye. And I don't think you're judgmental. I don't pick that up from you at all, but it's sort of just like, you know, I want to make what we're talking about digestible for everyone that's listening. Mm-hmm. And so if that's something, you know, cause I think it's like, I totally, when I was like a kid was like such an asshole, like so judgmental, like such a jerk, like, especially in like elementary school and middle school. But then as an adult, I just was like, yeah, I'm not, I don't care what anyone's doing and it doesn't matter what yeah, they think. And, right. And like, really it's, it's just a reflection of like, my own judgment towards myself so it's like it doesn't really matter you know it doesn't it doesn't if that's something that is coming up it's usually just something in me that I have to look at but it really does not matter what others think you know yeah that makes a lot of sense too I feel like I so like I came up doing dance like I was like a little stage baby and I always felt, mm-hmm. I always felt like, even if I like had it, like, even if I messed up on stage or I was off, like off beat, I always thought to myself, well, the people judging me maybe aren't up here. And so I think I like programmed myself to just be like, well, you're not doing what I'm doing, so I don't care. But I'm curious, like, yeah, how do you work through that? Like, what do you do to try to like bring yourself out of that space. Cause I know you're an artist and putting your art out there, like that takes, that takes bravery, Put like putting something yeah. created out there, it takes some balls. So I'm curious. What it do you does. do? <laughs> well, you know what I, I think what I'm noticing is just like, especially kind of coming out into the world and like being um, kind of, happy with myself it's mm-hmm. it's even if I feel like there might be some judgment and I get worried about it or paranoid um it's I end up getting a lot of positive feedback in the end because I'm feeling good about myself so yes. that's coming I'm getting enough like positive reinforcement that it's like um it's making it easier, I guess. But that's interesting that you said about the dance and everything, because I also grew up doing dance and theater. And um, part of painting is such a solo art form. Right. And so what I've been doing right now actually is like going out dancing or I'm also taking dance classes. I just signed up for an acting class, not because I'm like trying to, pursue those as a career but to just get more comfortable in being like in front of people I guess like that yes I love that with painting you can kind of hide you know you like hide away you do your thing and then you put it on the wall of a gallery and you like don't necessarily need your face attached to it you know what I mean yeah I mean you can you can even use a a stage name and then no one will ever really find you know you could be like Banksy like yes no one yeah like we we have ideas and we're like you know you can look up theories Mm -hmm. on who Banksy is but like 
Mm-hmm. There's no definitive answer to Banksy. Like, <laughs> right. So I actually, I wanted to notate that we are in Leo season right now, and this will be released during Leo season. And Leo season is mm-hmm. all about creativity. It's all about confidence. It's totally like, yes, Leo does rule the heart, but it's also super connected to like the solar plexus chakra. And so Mm -hmm. I feel like right now, like as we're trying to get out into the world more, as we're trying to get more comfortable within social interaction, I think that like having a creative outlet is so important to building your confidence because that's what Leo season is. It's, it's building your confidence through a creative outlet. Yeah. Uh, What kind of dance classes did you sign up for? I've been doing like this like workout hip hop class and then this like funny contemporary class. But the one that I'm really stoked about, it's actually online. um, So it's not as, um, I don't feel like I'm putting myself out there as much because it's online, but um, I really enjoy uh, Buto, which is like a contemporary Japanese dance, which it means, I guess I just learned that it means darkness. Um, and that's been kind of a theme that I've been exploring in my artwork as well. So it, I didn't even know that when I signed up. So I've been really enjoying that. I love Buto. I so I, I was a dance major as well, and I, mm. I did um I did a pretty intense year of like cross cultural dance studies. And Buto was one of them. And like if you look it up online, it's like so like it's such a Scorpio art form, I feel like. Yes. It's like so, Yes, I know. It, mm-hmm. It's like a My my moon my moon is in Scorpio too. So I feel like I connect with that energy yes. a lot. And I feel like too, especially when we're looking at Scorpio energy, which is so the opposite of, of uh Leo energy, because Leo is the ego and Scorpio is the death of ego. Um Mm. but it's like when we're looking at Scorpio stuff it's like you have to know yourself so deep but like with you being a Pisces sun and a Scorpio moon that is so much water what's your rising sign my water or my rising sign is a Libra um but I have um you know I have a lot of fire um my son is in the fifth house so Pisces is in the fifth house ruled by Leo um and the my midheaven is in Leo. So I feel like I have fire in there that I won't let out. And I think mm-hmm. this is a common thing among a lot of like sensitive people. It's like we're too afraid to have an ego. Yeah. Um and too afraid to like kind of take this the spotlight, you know? Yeah. So um I'm kind of just working on that. Like I started um putting selfies on the, on Instagram which I've never done before. Aww, <laughs> and like that. putting and like signing my name in all cap letters. You know, just like trying to be like I'm here. I'm alive. Yes. Like pay attention to me. Yes, totally. <laughs> so I always tell people like cuz people always like people always want a different modality to work with. Like sometimes it's candle magic, sometimes it's crystals, sometimes it's like essential oils and I like I love all of them. I've been in this game forever. I like mm-hmm. I, you know, like I've I've studied so much. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I'm like looking at crystals, I'm always like I always think gold pyrite is the best for your solar plexus mm-hmm. because it's yeah. just like so strong. If I mean if you had real gold even better, but like I don't have a bunch of just like gold lying around that I can like shove in my bra. Yeah. But I feel like gold pyrite and citrine are always my go-to. Do you carry any crystals for solar plexus work and confidence building? 
Um, I have some gold jewelry that I've gotten in the last couple of years. I've never really worn gold before, but I found it to be really helpful. Um, yeah. And um, I do some gold leafing on my paintings. And so sometimes I'll take like a little leaf um, of gold. They're like just tiny little uh, flakes. Yeah. And I'll put it like on my third eye, but maybe I should put it on my solar plexus, actually. That would be a good idea. Oh, but the third eye sounds uh-huh. awesome, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's kind of what I do as far as crystals go. I have a pyrite. It's floating in my purse, um, but I don't um, sit with it often. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a local uh, witch shop I like to go to called Conjure um, in New Orleans. And um I do like to get uh, candles from them and they dress them with stuff. And I I don't know much about, um, you know, I haven't studied witchcraft on my own. I've more like done a lot of meditation, yoga, that kind of thing. Yeah. But the little witchcraft that I've done, I've really enjoyed it. I've also, since listening to you, actually, I've started working with like goddess, like doing goddess worship and, um, yeah, yeah, and I really enjoyed that. That was cool. I have like a painting of Aphrodite um on my wall. Yeah. Um well, it's a print of a painting. Yeah. Um and so yeah, I worked with her for a lot of beauty um stuff yeah. and I actually yeah, it's it's during during basically during um quarantine I would watch RuPaul's Drag Race and dance um and that's like the kind of the transformation I went through was from doing that and I started to like dress more beautiful and wear makeup and um dress up and and so um that was kind of the big transformation that I had gone through and i I do think having this painting of Aphrodite up helped with that. But I wonder if there's some other like goddess to work with or deity to work with for solar plexus or confidence. Mm -hmm. I mean, I like whenever I'm looking at solar plexus, I'm always thinking about just like the sun. So it's more of like a masculine energy, but I don't like when I'm, Mm. when I'm talking about like masculine and feminine, I don't look at it as gender. I look at it as like archetypes Mm -hmm. because like I'm Mm -hmm. like, I'm manly in some ways and I'm feminine in some ways. And like, yeah, we all are. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when I'm looking at like solar plexus stuff, I don't necessarily work with deities for that. But I mean, mm-hmm. I, I do, I do really only work with two deities for the most part. And it's like Pan, who's just like kind of a and cra- Yeah. And Hikate. And like, they're both kind of crazy mm-hmm. badasses. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so, and, but I think like Diana, she's like goddess of the hunt. She's like a total, just like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and so I mm-hmm. think that like, especially when it comes to working with deities, um, there are so like there are so many even just like cultures you could pull from like Roman or Greek or like you know what I mean right Egyptian yeah like so many directions to go and so it's like even just doing a little bit of research I think is good for anyone who's listening that wanted to like work with a DD um for confidence but like especially if you're like you know on the like if you're female identifying or or like male identifying like you know you'd probably want to gravitate towards like a goddess or a god depending on but I always just think of like the sun 
like lifting my yeah, and, lifting my confidence lifting yeah. my energy. And that's what I was going to ask you too is about planetary magic. I thought of of course the sun, solar plexus, but also Jupiter maybe for like expansion and um growth. I don't know. Yeah, I mean Jupiter is really good especially like especially if you know that like you're going to be working with people like you're going to be around people because it is mm-hmm. this sort of like benevolent joy spreading planet um the only thing about Jupiter is because it is expansive I always worry about my psychic abilities expanding and like tapping into more because Jupiter makes everything so big um so I, see. I yeah. do I do like Saturn for setting boundaries um and Saturn mm. is typically going to be like like the planet that you go to for protection, whereas ah. um, Jupiter is going to be more like you, what you want to grow. And right. so that's kind of like in terms of the planets, what I work what I work with if I'm like feeling too sensitive t- to my surroundings, it will be Saturn. If I just want my energy levels or I want my, you know, if I want my physical energy to go up or if I want my confidence to go up, I use the sun. And like, there are a lot of different ways that you can do this. So I have, you know, those big, tall, like seven day glass candles. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I have those in like every color of the rainbow around my office, around my house. And so like for the sun, I would get like a yellow candle and I just made one. Mm. I just made one the other week because Leo season was coming up. And, you know, I cleanse them first. I like sage them or I wipe them down with salt water. If you are walking, mm. if you are like, w- like washing it down with salt water, I usually do from base to like top because you're pushing okay. out. But then mm-hmm. crushed pyrite, um, you can get online. I actually have a sun and moon spell kit on my website that has crushed pyrite in it, but I take a little bit of crushed pyrite and I'll like sprinkle some over the top of my of my candle like I, I'll top dress it but like before cool. I do that like I usually will put it in a bowl and I'll do like I'll do meditation where I'm visualizing like little cords between the stone and the sun and then mm. like a cord connecting the sun to my candle and then to my solar plexus. So like almost like when you try to cut psychic cords to people, like I'm sure you've done a cord cutting meditation. Yes. So yeah. I like create cords <laughs> in my meditation. That's cool. I, I never thought of that. That's a great idea. I like, I love doing that. I, I mostly just do it with the sun in terms of like celestial bodies, but like you could do it with any. And I just, I love to do it with my solar plexus because I feel like then Anytime I go outside and I'm mindful of that cord, it's strengthening my solar plexus. And I also do a meditation where I will sort of like just focus on my on my solar plexus and just like almost try to like feel the warmth of the sun, almost like there's a baby little sun in my stomach. Ooh, and then it just kind of nice. like expands out so that it's like, five feet away. Like, you know what I mean? Like almost like I create my protective bubble from my solar plexus. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds really cool. Yeah. I could definitely imagine. And, and that's something with like this type of work, like I've noticed in the last years is just how powerful, um, visualization is, you know, it can really change everything. 
And I feel like there is so much to be said about being an avid medit, like someone who's avid with their meditation, because like now that I've done so much work around feeling what it's like to bubble up or like protect my aura, I can do it on the fly, but it's because I like put in the work, you know, and and I'm so familiar Mm -hmm. with what that feels like. and, And I'm doing the work to strengthen it that like, yeah, I can flip it on and off like a switch. Um, yeah, yeah. There is also like I have my little I have my little book in front of me too with like um it's basically like Scott Cunningham always does really good work around like magical herbs and okay. different like he's one of my favorite books by him is the Encyclopedia of Magical Herbs. This one is um the complete book of incense oils and brews, but it's like like it's a lot of it's a lot of repeat information, but um, if you wanted to work with solar energy, you could use like carnation or cedarwood or cinnamon. So like I would take mm. um, I would take my yellow candle and I would put my gold pyrite. I would top dress it with my gold pyrite, but then I would add some cinnamon, which is really my favorite to use because it's so fiery and it's so. Yeah, actually, I did start using that because you mentioned it on a podcast and I'll put it, you had mentioned it burned, but I was like, ooh, that sounds like fun. (laughs) I put put it on my stomach and it totally burns, but I love it. Oh my God. So you used it without a carrier oil? Yeah, just straight. Yeah, like it leaves a mark, right? It like leaves a red mark. (laughs) Um, just slightly. It goes away pretty fast. But yeah, yeah don't get it in your eyes. Like you're yeah. like I got it in my eyes and that was really bad. Oh my god, yeah, or your ass crack. I think that was the story I told. I was like anointing my different chakras and I used cinnamon for the root chakra because it was red. <laughs> and I was like, Why, why? And it just wouldn't stop. <laughs> just because like you like for those who are like, what? Like the root chakra is at the base of your tailbone. So like, yeah, it's your ass crack. And I put cinnamon oil there and it was terrible. Yeah, um, I actually don't remember you saying oh, that. Oh, great. So I just reminded me. <laughs> yeah, that's like, that was my like first experience with realizing that cinnamon oil burns. It was because I anointed my root chakra with it because I wasn't, I was just color coding my essential oils and anointing all my chakras. And now I realize like maybe use patchouli instead because it's grounding. It's like different properties altogether, but I was still learning. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rosemary is actually a good solar herb as well. And I also love growing herbs and then eating them. Mm-hmm. Like growing herbs with an intention and then eating them. So even like, or even just like carrying a sprig of rosemary, whether or not you grew it, carrying a sprig of rosemary. Okay. Um, or even just like, you know, everyone I think has rosemary and cinnamon in their cabinets, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. that's a good, that's a good way I think to work with like, you know, solar plexus, solar plexus energy when it comes to like the sun. Now, if we're looking at Saturn, um, like, Pichu- yeah, that's kind of, um, that's great that you said Saturn. I didn't think of that, but in a way that makes a lot of sense, especially if I'm like feeling like I'm picking up on, like, I want to, I'm trying to get out, but it's hard to get out if I'm feeling like I'm picking on everyone's energy. But if mm-hmm. you have some protection, then it's a lot easier to, to, you know, be out in the world. Yeah. And that's why, like, I even love just carrying black tourmaline when it's like, I need to block 
Um, and I want to feel like I can separate my energy from other people's like any black stone pretty much will help with that. Um, but yeah, Saturn, Saturn is great. Cause it's just like, it's just boundaries. It's why Capricorns have this reputation for being cold and like unemotional and like hard to, hard to know. And it's just because like Saturn's their ruling planet. And so they just like, are, they just are really natural at creating boundaries without even realizing it. So like sometimes I even like have to remember that like I am a Capricorn rising and people tell me all the time like you have really good boundaries when I like I like I feel like it's hard for me to believe because I didn't for so long. Um, mm-hmm. But then it reminds me like I like like sometimes it can feel lonely. And so like I had to like remember that like I need to like ask people to hang out because <laughs> like yeah that's funny that you say that because I do have a friend that is a Capricorn rising and sometimes I get confused by her behavior but now I'm realizing it's totally just like she's great at self-preservation like she's very skilled at it like as yeah. far as making those boundaries yeah and a lot of the times too when it comes to like like when it comes like when Capricorns come across as being like unemotional it's just like a composure thing like it's really mm-hmm. important for cap risings or cap moons or cap suns to just like feel like they're composed and feel like they are able to digest information without like throwing emotions into it like they will acknowledge their emotions almost like mentally versus like in their body I don't know if that makes sense but that's like the best way yeah. thing to describe it and so it does become this like very stoic disposition but like there's like so much mush happening underneath like the Capricorn exterior like it's crazy um but yeah it's well, like yeah um it seems like it's helpful it seems like it's a helpful placement you know it's really helpful it is <laughs> and like if you wanted to work with Saturn energy like I you know you can get a red candle or you could get a black one or like both like you've seen those half and half which are okay they're those are typically like used for reversals but like I really believe that the intention you put behind a candle is going to be yes. like the most important thing yeah actually I've been so I got like a um, a huge pack of very small candles. They're like four inch candles that are black candles. And every time I feel like I've entangled myself in someone else's energy in an uh, unhelpful way, I just mm-hmm. burn the candle Perfect. and it, it burns pretty quickly. And it just, it's been pretty helpful. Yes. Do you dress them with anything or do you just like light them and let them No, do no. I just let them and let them do their thing. I usually have it going while I'm like doing yoga or breath work or something. But I, um, I still like, I need a good witchcraft book. Like I just, I have not like dived into witchcraft other than just like listening to your show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, I think that like Scott Cunningham, cause here's the thing, like if we're looking at a lot of occultists, like, it gets really like convoluted. And I think that there's an issue in the witchcraft community where people get snobby about their art form. And then it makes people feel like they are not educated enough to practice. And I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so Scott Cunningham is really digestible. It's really easy to read. It's like, you know, you're cool. not, you're going to only find like love and light in his books because he was Wic- like he was a Wiccan practitioner and they're more like, 
it's more of a religion that's like, oh, if you cast something, it comes back threefold, which like I don't necessarily believe, but it's a good foundation when it just comes mm-hmm. to like learning about which herbs are affiliated with which planets, like learning about like the different colors that you would use. Like I, I think that like a really good foundation is to just figure out too, like, do you want to work with chakras? Do you want to work with the planets? Like, what do you want to, and then even trying a bunch of different things to like decide from there. But like a good thing to um, remember is like, if you do dress a candle if it's something that you want to pull in, so like confidence, for instance, and you have one of those uh, like four inch chime candles, you would take maybe like a little bit of your cinnamon oil and from wick to base, anoint the candle because you're pulling in. But if you wanted to okay. untangle or like push something out of your life or do a banishing, then you would get a black candle and anoint it from base to wick because you're pushing out and you want it to leave. Okay. And if you're top dressing a candle, uh, banishing is counterclockwise and calling in is clockwise. So if you're putting herbs on the top of your seven day glass candle, that's kind of like the method that you would follow. And when you dress it, you just follow like whatever herbs are recommended in Scott Cunningham's book. Yeah. Yes. The, um, the encyclopedia of magical herbs is my favorite reference book. I use it all the time, like in spell casting and client recommendations and, you know, writing horoscopes, like I I use it all the time. And so, um, yeah, I recommend that one, but also like, if you want to, if you want to learn more just about like making potions and like making incenses and things like that. There's um, the complete book of incense oils and brews by Scott Cunningham. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's actually what I have in front of me right now. I couldn't, I like misplaced my encyclopedia of magical herbs. um, But this one has similar information. And also like if you were going out in public and you wanted to block and like block people and like make, you know, put up those Saturn type boundaries, embrace that Saturn type energy, then you could use uh, patchouli oil. Mm, yeah, that you can feel that kind of blocking energy with that. Yes. Also because a lot of people hate it. So. Yeah, right. I know. <laughs> it's true. I always put it at um I always put it on the bottom of my feet because it's so grounding. But I feel like grounding is yeah. like it's so important because it puts you in your body and it helps you realize like what emotional responses are yours versus like what you're picking up on. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've done a lot of um chakra stuff from practicing yoga, but I haven't done, and I do, I am pretty familiar with astrology. That's something I did a lot through COVID was read um, astrology and learn about it. Um, But I haven't done any planetary magic, any intentional planetary magic. Um, So that's something that is interesting to me, like kind of trying to communicate with them with the candles and the colors and and herbs and like intentionally kind of speak with them. Yes. And I feel like it's like that book that um, Encyclopedia of Magical Herbs is so good too, because like so there are the, like your kitchen is basically an apothecary for spells. Like there is just so mm-hmm. much. And really, once you like, once you know what herbs to use, I feel like the only thing you need to learn is like which planets are affiliated which, with which color. 
and like what each planet does. So like Mercury is orange and it's affiliated with communication. But if you were going to work with the chakra system, well, then it would be blue. You know what I mean? And so then it's right. kind of yeah. like, which system are you going to work with? And, you know, then how does it pull together? And like sometimes I'll like sometimes I'll work with the chakras. Sometimes I'll work with planetary, but mostly... Mostly if I'm casting spells, I work with the planets. And when I'm meditating, I work with the chakras. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. The, the casting is really, I'm finding it like pretty powerful. Like I did a protection spell through um, the local shop that we have. They gave me all of this ritual work I had to do for protection. Um, and uh, I found it to be pretty um, powerful, actually. And so now I'm like, I'm going to really lean into this stuff. Yes, yes, I love that. Yeah, so I mean, I'm trying to think. There's like, when it comes to learning more about the planets themselves, I really like the Astrology Bible. Mm, okay. I'm sure, ha- have you ever like picked up the the Crystal Bible? Yeah, mm-hmm, I okay. have that. So yeah, there's basically, there's the astrology Bible and it's, um, it's just like really quick reference. Like what are these different planets do? Um, but you could also just Google that if you didn't want to get a book, you know, like what, like what what are the archetypes of the different planets? Cause even like the moon is going to be your intuition and like your emotions as well. So like they all have like very specific, very different reasons, like why you would use them. But then you could even, you know, there's a lot that you could play around with because Mercury is going to be communication, but it's like, well, do you want to have like psychic communication? Because then Mm -hmm. it's, you know what I mean? Then it's like, oh, is it the moon or is it Mercury? And then I think at that point, it's just sort of like using your own discernment. Right, right. Or a combination of the two potentially. Yes. Yeah. And I've actually like kind of done that too as well, where I'll wait for the moon to be in a mer- in a Mercury ruled sign, like either Gemini or Virgo, and um, mm. then I'll like do it then. But also, like Scorpio is going to rule mediumship, so it's like again, like what, like you can really get specific about, like okay, like what kind of psychic information do you want to come through? Because Gemini is going to be like clairaudient, like having messages come through in your mind. But then like Virgo would be maybe like synchronicity and seeing things in the material realms, finding patterns there because they're both ruled by Mercury. One's an air sign and one's an earth sign. Yeah. And I, I, for me, like it would be, I would, I definitely would love to do something with Mercury, but with like artistic expression. So like freedom of artistic expression, which would be what, I guess, would it be the sun? Would it be? Leo energy or would that be more like Venus? I mean, I feel like it could be either really. And I mean, if we're looking at, you know, Leo is going to be creative expression, but then also, yeah, like Torres rules fine arts and like the enjoyment of fine arts. And so it's like, yeah, <laughs> there's like a refinement to, to, yeah. to Torres energy. And then there's Leo. It's like, Oh, I'm proud of my work. I'm like, so glad I put this out. So yeah, I think it's just sort of like thinking about like, you, like those were the perfect two examples, like, you know, like the perfect two, like, is it Venus or is it sun? Like those were the perfect two things to pull from 
because I think it could be mm-hmm. either or you put both. You know what I mean? Um, how do you do you, like do you ever do meditations and stuff before you um, work your art? Like, let's talk a little bit about like how art has been therapeutic for you and like what modalities you use. Yeah. Um, uh, well, there was um, I'm sorry, you kind of cut out a little bit, but you were just asking me like about my process, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Like what kind of art do you specialize in? And then like, yeah, like how does your spirituality play a role? Um, well, a lot of the work that I do, I think is just reflective of like my own kind of psychological experience. Um, so, um, just my own internal issues, I guess. Um, and then of course I do the things that just sell like little plant paintings, um, and things like that. Um, but when I do kind of more of a series of work, it's more exploring just my own um inner experience and i do see though as i dig into it i do see how it kind of plays into the collective which i guess is kind of what you were saying about what um how pisces yeah life yeah and um so right now i'm working on a series that's um it's it's a two-part series the first part is called shadow work and the second half will be called dream a new dream And so I'm still kind of in the first half of it and it's reflective of kind of like dark spells during, um, during COVID and Mm -hmm. right before I had like this really big, um, beautiful change in my life, I actually went through a dark depression. So a lot of the imagery that I got from that time, um, is in my work, um, that I'm working right now with the shadow work and it's, kind of about leaning into your shadow and kind of um, your trauma, your inherited trauma, um, ancestral trauma, um, trauma that you carry in your DNA and kind of leaning into that. And then from leaning into that, there's like immense growth um, that can come out of it. So I have all of these paintings of skulls, but they have golden halos on. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just kind of showing, like, the beauty of, like, that there is purpose and there is uh, something great that can come from dark times. That is very Um, Scorpio moon, very Scorpio moon. (laughs) Yeah, isn't it? I know, it's totally funny. And then, like, but beauty is so important, so I try to make sure that they're aesthetically, um, you know, pleasing, which would be, like, Libra rising. Oh, yeah, Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, Um. So, yeah, so that's kind of where the, the current thing I'm working on right now. And the second half of it will um, fall more into the work that I've done in the past, which is very bright and colorful. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just about dreaming a new dream, like and the power of the imagination and like what can we create? Um, what kind of world can we create? Like now that so many structures have been like broken or we've seen how they're broken, like what kind of new reality can we create for ourselves? And in a way, I think that's what I was doing um, when I was dancing and watching RuPaul's Drag Race. I was trying to create this. In a way, I felt like a magic ritual, actually. And I felt like I was um, kind of what, like, what is possible for me? Can I be like, um, 
a happier person with myself? Can I feel more bold in society? Can I? And so it's like I'm dealing with these more internal things, but it's also reflective in like the external and like how can we dream of like creating a better community? Like what kinds of things can we do to support each other and to to make a better world? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And I also like I I totally think that like dance can be ritualistic and I feel like it's almost like a trance meditation when you go into a mm-hmm. like when you get into the like the groove of a dance or even just cardio like to me it feels very much like being in a trance and some of my best communication with the other side comes when I'm when I'm like doing cardio or I'm working out or I'm moving my body and I think that's like also a really important outlet for people to lean into if they have a hard time sitting still and meditating if they like have a hard time yeah with that calm because it's like okay well maybe you just need your body to be moving like maybe the energy collects in different parts of your body and moving helps loosen it up yeah absolutely and like um there's this there's there's this book that's um been pretty popular in the psychology world called um the body keeps score and it's just about how the body um stores emotion mm-hmm. and um and it's a lot of stuff that like chakra work has already known you know and yoga has already known um but now it's more in this like scientific um format um oh, and yeah. that's kind of what what um instigated the movement for me I mean I had already been doing yoga for so many years but I wanted to do more like intuitive movement. So I say dance, but sometimes it's not really dance. I'm just like jumping around or shaking or like hitting parts of my body. And, and actually when I first started, I was listening to Bjork, who's like a triple Scorpio. Yes, I love her so much. I love her so much. Oh my God. And then it was crazy. Like her lines were speaking so much to me when I was dancing too. She has this one line where she's like, I dance to transform and I'm like, oh, my God, it's literally what I'm doing right now. I just got the chills. Yeah, it's so weird when, like, music synchronizes to what you're doing and it wasn't, like, preplanned. Yeah, she's incredible. She's um, magical. Like, oh I was into gosh. her when I was younger, but I kind of forgotten about her until um, COVID. And then I got back into her. I'm like, holy shit, she's magical. I still mostly listen to, like, her old jams. Like all, Like, all is full of love is just, like creeps over my skin like that song is like if you blast that song Mm -hmm. it's just like I'm actually I made up um in high school I did it I did a tap dance and I like oh no way yes um god I can't think of I would love to see that it was you remember it no I taught like I was a TA and so I taught the class I was teaching but I made them do a tap dance to oh so quiet oh cool Um, yeah, I love her. I love Bjork so much. Music is very healing. It's a very healing outlet. Yeah, and so um, before I was watching RuPaul's Drag Race, I was doing, um, I was dancing to different music um, and kind of letting out the more darker emotions yeah. in, in that way. I was also actually listening to like Native American um, cool. singing yeah. um, sometimes, which is really intense actually I've never um listened to much of it but I felt like it was really good and powerful for like transmuting um heavy emotions um and so I yeah I was just kind of playing around with listening to different things and 
Um, it was instigated by kind of this idea that we store um, trauma in our body and how yeah. we can like get it out. Um, it, we can maybe just use our intuition and move in ways to like kind of get it out of our bodies. Totally. Um, so. there's, a, there's a book called The Subtle Body Practice Manual. And mm. it's like, it's like a textbook. It's like, it really is. Oh, I have it. Yes. I have it. Yeah. So, Cause I bought it and I was like very excited, but it's overwhelming. so textbooky. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So you just kind of have to open it up and read a section and then come yes. back to it. There is one, there's like one spot in that book that I have bookmarked and I'll like, when we hang up, I'll, I'll look up and see which page number it is. But like, So this was something that I wanted to look for anyway, because when I went to massage therapy school in San Francisco for, I like, I went to massage therapy school basically. And we had Mm. to learn the, you know, we had to learn Western massage and Eastern massage. And in the the Eastern massage, like they have the meridian system, which is basically like reflexology. And Mm -hmm. each there's like gallbladder meridian, heart meridian, like there's all these different meridians. And they, it's like basically supposed to be like a line of pressure points that travels through certain areas of the body. But like, if you just look up like gallbladder meridian, it, like you can, you can read a paragraph that's like, tells you what emotional distress goes along with it. And then what other like health side effects go along with it. But like, if you look at the line on the, on the body that they use as an example, you can kind of like, figure out what's going on with your pain based off of like where you, where you have the pain and what meridian it's on. But like, Oh, cool. Acupuncture. Like, so I had to learn the meridian systems, but I forgot all of it. Cause it's like, it's way too much information to know all the pressure points. Um, but mm-hmm. like, especially because there will be certain pressure points that are affiliated with like a season and a metal and a color and a type of wood. Like it's like, it's like a whole different type of witchcraft, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. But I feel like people who have like chronic fatigue or even like moving chronic fatigue could use like the meridian system or acupuncture or pressure points to sort of cross-reference like what's like where their pain is. And like, if there's a connection between what's going on with them emotionally Oh, that's a good idea. I do. I have some friends with chronic fatigue, so yeah. I know that would be good advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that like there have been times where before reading, I got like a little almost like I felt like I was being poked like by like a spirit, like in a very specific part of my body. And I was like, okay, what meridian is that? Wow. And so I'd have to cool. look it up and I'd have to tell my client, okay, like you've got like, this is where your guides are telling me you have trauma. So like it can be, especially if you like are sensitive to energy and you feel like maybe you get chills or the other side, um, like t- uses like your sense of touch to connect with you. That That's another way you can like pull up that thread. Wow. That's, that's really crazy. Yeah. I mean, you, you say that when you do your readings for the month, you're like, Oh, you know, talking about like different, um, signs and like, well, I feel a pain in my back. So maybe like you have some, you have to be careful with your back, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, when I do those readings, it's more just like what comes in in the moment. But whenever I read for a client, I usually will take like 20, 30 minutes to meditate before I speak with them 
And if I'm feeling like one of my, like if I'm feeling like a pressure point being activated, then I'll like take out my book and I'll look it up and I'll be like, what is this message for this person? Wow. That's powerful. (laughs) Um, I wanted to, we're getting pretty close to an hour, but I wanted to see, you know, did you have any other questions about you know, your solar plexus. I'm kind of wanting to know like how you're feeling and like what information you're craving. Um, you know, I think, you know, one like strange question, I guess, is, Mm -hmm. um, just from like an outsider perspective on magic, like you always hear of like different, um, specific archaic spells that have certain, uh, words that you have to say. Um, and I'm wondering if you've ever worked with magic in that way. Is that just like a false idea of what magic is? Um, uh, or if that's just not the type of magic you do? <laughs> so um, typically it hasn't been, but I picked up a, a new book um, over the summer that has some things in there that I want to try that are specific. And even if I like talk to Sal from the crooked path, uh, he would say that it's like very important. And so I think it just depends on the practitioner, but I will say, like, I will say that I think the other side, like, I don't know, it's hard because I feel like for me so much of what my practice is like is trusting that I have a good I have a good like way of communicating with the other side and they understand me and we work with each other. But like there are totally like forms of witchcraft that it's like you have to, you know, it's almost like unlocking portals in a way with your words. And so I think it's interesting. I haven't worked with it a ton. I am going to be, you know, hopefully within the next like month or so, depending on when I have time. But I will say that like maybe maybe there's like an importance or a strength that comes with using very specific words. But like to give an example of why, like I don't necessarily feel like that is the be all end all is just like, I was listening to, I think it was the paranormal podcast, like a long time Mm -hmm. ago, like maybe, like maybe two years ago, maybe longer even. And the person that, that he was interviewing was like, oh yeah, like prayers for the dead help energize the other side and it gives them basically like food and sustenance so that they can reach us and all these different religions have prayers of the dead and blah, blah, blah. And like it was basically very specifically about prayers for the dead. And Mm. after I listened to the episode, (laughs) after I listened to the episode, I was like, hey, David Bowie, like, I don't remember any any (laughs) prayers for the dead, but, like, I just want to let you know I love you and I'm, like, sending you energy and, like, that, you know, just, like, wanted to let you know I'm thinking about you. Let me know if you're around. Uh, Like, very casual, like, very, like, I, like, sounded like a valley girl. (laughs) Like, Yeah, no, that's great. Well, it totally, like, I totally got a response because the next day I was driving my, I was driving my car and, do you listen to Lana Del Rey? No, actually, I, I have never heard her. Oh my god! I know her name. I oh know gosh. it's ridiculous. You need to fix that now. But especially yes. with a Scorpio yeah. moon, you would love her. Mm. Um, okay. But yeah, she's very Scorpionic. But she. So I was. Listening oh to right, you. I think she did. Okay, I think I remember this story. Like "Hello from the Other Side" is one of her songs, right? 
Um, that's no, I don't. That's not what I was. That's not what I was listening to. Oh. But I was oh, like, okay. and I don't even know. Like, I feel like I never know what songs are called anymore because I just shuffle them on mm. my Spotify, <laughs> and I don't ever like mm-hmm. pay attention to what things are called. But um, there's one song that she has where she sings a David Bowie song. She says like ground control, ground control to Major Tom, and then she says, "Can you hear me all night long?" And as that part of her song, just right at that part of that song was playing, which I was listening to the entire CD, like it was just this segment of the song was playing, I pulled up behind a car whose license plate said Bowie. And I was no like, way. yeah, I was like, what the fuck? And I was just like, fine. Like, I was just like, that's awesome. Like I was, you know, but I was just like, he, like, he always confirms like for me. And I know it's like kind of weird to be like this celebrity is most spirit god but i don't care like i don't like i know i mean (laughs) i here's the thing like with these um kind of old school um kind of rituals or spells like um they just i i think that they seem interesting but yeah it doesn't seem necessary but i i do like the idea of um like i was listening to some book on like the the um like hermetic order or something like that yes um and i just was like oh this is kind of fascinating this like old magical these old magical texts like um but they don't seem necessary i feel like you can just be a channel in your own way it's just like intention is more the way that they respond um to people is more from your like if you're mm-hmm. centered, if you're focused, if you have uh, what what is your intention, um, and then you can kind of call it in. I do actually do that with some painters that I'm in love with, like Gustav Klimt, and have had some weird experiences with that. Like I had gone to his, um, I happened to go to his museum um, on his birthday, and it wasn't planned. Um, and I just was like, holy shit, this is, and then had some other synchronicities around um him and um so I feel like you can call in whatever energy and if you if you feel friendly to them they'll come in um but yeah those old kind of phrases and stuff I never really hear anybody talking about it um but I just was curious because I ran across this um this old magical um text I can't I can't remember what it was but it's something on the hermetic order yeah um and I found it on YouTube um but yeah, it seems kind of convoluted sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely like it's something something that I always figured I would explore. So I don't have a like, I don't have enough to say like, yeah, it works better. You know what I mean? Because I know that what what, what I'm doing, mm-hmm. what you're doing works. So um, maybe I'll have to like do like once I get a little bit more more involved in that, do some sort of episode on it and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I was look, looking up the word um, abracadabra because somebody was telling me it means um, like what you say is what you create. And um, so, it, yeah, I guess it's like Aramaic. Um, oh. And so I was looking, I went down like this rabbit hole with that. and um, But it was late at night. So I can't tell you more than that. Yeah. All that I know is abracadabra. <laughs> That's that's like the perfect, I think that's the perfect like way to end the episode because we are at time. I can't believe this hour just like yeah. flew by. Um, I do, yeah. yeah, I do like, 
you know, I do think that I will say that I think words are important, but I don't know if they have to be specific words. You know, I don't know if it has to be like yes. that specific yeah. old text thing, but you know, if that's, if that's what you're drawn to, then yeah. You know, I think it's the rules we set for yeah. ourselves. Right. Exactly. If people want to find you, check out your art, reach out to you, I'm sure you'll be making some new friends from this. How do they find you? Yeah, um, my Instagram is Pyramids and Rainbows, and that's my website as well. And um, I, yeah, I'm not super active on Instagram, but I do go on there every once in a while, and I do love it when I'm on there. But I try to keep it to a minimum. Yeah, totally. I understand. I know if I didn't run my business off the internet, like off Instagram, I would, I wouldn't be on there as much either. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of information. It's a lot of great information, but it's just a lot. You, you, know? yeah. you got to take a break. Well, and it's not only that too, like you have to just like, you have to remind yourself that like the algorithm is always changing too. And so if all of a sudden you feel like your likes have gone down, it's because the algorithm changed and it's not because people don't like you all of a sudden, you know what I mean? Like you have to just like, yeah, it's almost a solar plexus thing where you have to tell yourself like, it's okay if these posts didn't perform that well, like it's okay. <laughs> yeah. And I think you get your, the algorithm responds more to you if you're active more or something. I'm not quite sure, but I did hear yeah. that they changed it so you could make it so people can't see your likes or something or see your follows or I, something like that. But yeah. I, I, um, haven't checked that out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I love it for connecting though. Like I just, I absolutely yeah. love it. Like, but it's just, I, what I do is I take it off my phone so that every time I have, I look at it, I have to download it and then put in my passcode. So it's just like, oh. like two extra steps. So I'm not like just mindlessly scrolling because otherwise yeah. I would just like impulsively open it up, you know? Yeah, no, it's true. Sometimes I do that. I'll be like, okay, I'm on Instagram, but I, I, I picked up my phone to check my bank account balance. Like <laughs> I was supposed yeah. to look at my email. Why am I on Instagram? It's so weird how it takes over. But thank you so much again for being here. It was such a pleasure talking to you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Of course.